Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, August 17th. I'm Wayne Pratt. An old steam engine and passenger car that have been rusting away in Arala Park have received a makeover. It is in much better shape renovated than I thought they were going to be able to take it back to. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on how the pandemic is partially responsible for the restoration project. Illinois officials are imposing new health restrictions for Metro East restaurants, bars, and gatherings to reduce the spread of coronavirus. The changes take effect tomorrow. The restrictions include closing bars, casinos, and restaurants by 11 at night, placing tables six feet apart, and requiring reservations for groups at bars and restaurants. State health officials had warned restrictions would be necessary if the seven-day coronavirus positivity rate met or exceeded 8 percent for three consecutive days. The Metro East reached that threshold over the weekend. Thousands of area residents are scrambling to figure out how to pay their August bills without federal unemployment money. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, the federal program offering an extra $600 a week during the pandemic ended last month. Bridgeton resident Kayla Williams got laid off from her grocery store job in March, just before giving birth to her son. As a young single mother of two, she's relied heavily on unemployment benefits. Up until this month, that included $600 from the federal government and about $100 from the state per week. So that was getting me peppers, milk, and also a roof over our head. Without that extra $600 a week, Williams isn't sure how she'll pay her bills this month. She's trying to keep her distance from her older relatives who are more vulnerable to the coronavirus. It's been hard to find childcare or work. Williams has some savings to tide her over, but she worries what will happen when that money runs out. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. The new alderwoman for St. Louis's fourth ward says the board of aldermen should stay at 28 members. Dwindlin Evans was one of 15 aldermen who voted in July to give initial approval to asking voters to reverse a planned reduction to 14 members. That change was approved in 2012. Evans does not think she would have time to respond to the needs of her constituents if the ward was bigger. I don't want my constituents to fall short of having their concerns or resources uh, given to them because of lack of people to handle their problems. Evans represents the historic Ville neighborhood and all or part of five others in North St. Louis. She was a guest on our Politically Speaking podcast. The Center of Creative Arts has completed a $36 million expansion that provides space to schedule classes during the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. COCA has added 52,000 square feet to its facility and has additional studio space, a community area, and a 200-car parking garage. The center is using the space for some classes, but is limiting the number of students to protect people from the virus. Kelly Pollock is COCA's executive director. She says the organization canceled some shows and events to keep people safe, but the expanded space gives it more room to keep people at a safe distance from each other. One of the great benefits of having this new space and this expanded campus, it's It actually um, is quite 
appropriate to be able to spread out during uh, social distancing. Pollock says the organization expects to hold performances in its 450-seat theater next year. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. A nearly 100-year-old steam engine and passenger car on display in a park in Rolla have received an overhaul. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports restoration was made possible by some civic-minded people and the coronavirus. The 1501 Frisco engine has been painted and spruced up. The passenger car was gutted and restored to near-original condition. This all happened because Nick Barrick was looking for a project. He owns a tour bus business and a construction company in Rolla. When COVID-19 hit, both were shut down. Government payroll grants helped pay his staff, but instead of sending them home, he wanted a community project to work on. Barrick says restoring the train was a perfect confluence of past, present, and future for Rolla. We gotta tell the story about the passenger car, and tell the story about the engine, and, and tell the story about COVID-19, because 30 years from now, you know, that's gonna be part of the history books, and they'll find that really interesting. Because of something bad, something good happened. The engine was built in 1923 for the Frisco Railroad and routinely made passenger and freight trips through Rolla on its way from St. Louis to Oklahoma City. The massive engine was designed to tackle the hilly terrain of the Ozarks. The train wasn't much to look at in recent years. It was fenced off and in horrible shape. Its passenger car had most of its windows busted out and the roof was collapsing because of leaks. 13-year-old Victor Scantlin has been coming to Schumann Park for more than 10 years. He remembers looking at the train and getting some ideas. I remember looking at this when I was little and going, I think I can get that running again. I think I can just drive somewhere with that. Crystal Scantlin, Victor's mom, says it's a joy to be able to finally see the train up close, inside and out. It's awesome. It is in much better shape renovated then I thought they were going to be able to take it back to. Now it will be open for tours and rentals as a meeting space or party room. And kids that look at the train and dream can get a lot closer. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The Bevo Windmill has been the site of lavish weddings and parties for more than a century. But one listener noticed something strange about the iconic St. Louis landmark. We sent our reporter, St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan, to investigate as part of our Curious Lewis series. Bob Thompson was taking a Sunday afternoon bike ride through South St. Louis earlier this year when he paused at a stoplight in front of the Bevo Mill. He sat there catching his breath, and that's when he realized something about the massive Dutch-style windmill just didn't seem quite right. And I laughed, I'm like, it's going backwards. <laughs> I sat there for a minute and watched I'm like, that's really funny. Full disclosure, Thompson is a flight instructor and retired airline pilot, so he thinks a lot about wings and propellers. And the more he thought about it, the more he wondered, why is it turning backwards? To answer that question, we reached out to Ray LeBeau, an associate professor in aerospace engineering at St. Louis University. He says windmill blades are like airplane wings. They have a thicker front edge that helps create lift force. You're going to use the wind moving over the blade to create a pressure difference. And by creating that pressure difference, you have higher pressure on one side, lower pressure on the other. That creates a force, and that force causes the blade to move. 
LeBeau says that thick front edge on an old-fashioned windmill blade is supposed to be hitting the wind first. The latticework is usually covered in cloth to help guide airflow, like a sail on a sailboat. As Thompson noticed, Bevo Mill is turning the other way, with the latticework leading. But there's an interesting wrinkle here. The Bevo Mill is not generating electricity. It's powered by an engine. And LeBeau says in this case, turning backwards might use less power. If you're mechanically driving the windmill rather than having the wind drive the windmill, then there is a logic to doing it the opposite direction because there probably is a reduction in the drag on the wind and therefore it takes less power to turn the windmill. The question is, was this intentional? Owner Pat Shoecard says probably not. You know, it's been operating in this way for years and years, probably back to the 50s. You know, maybe they hooked it up, turned it on and said, oh, I'm late for dinner. (laughs) And it stayed that way. When Shukard and his wife bought the Bevo Mill in 2016, he says they just flipped a switch to turn it on. If it's turning the right way, he says, it's probably just dumb luck. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Fred Ehrlich edited that piece from Jonathan All. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Firm. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.